Today, what I'm going to talk about is retention. For those of you that don't know the story, uh, there's a ton of people who sell books who have gone on to great careers selling real estate. So if we built a brokerage that we could scale nationally, we they, they wouldn't have to go work with Keller Williams or Century 21 or whatever. They could just stay with us. And we ended up starting the business, Southwestern Real Estate. And for the first probably about five years, it was just a one-person company where I was trying to learn how to do the behaviors of a realtor um, and build a success track to run on so that eventually then we could hire some people who could just follow in that path. Even after we started to hire a few people, we did it real slow, very deliberate. Let's make sure we can actually duplicate this because then you realize the need for systems, things you didn't have to do when it was a one-person company. Um, and what are we going to do as this becomes more people? What's it going to be like? What are we trying to build? What that left me with was doing a lot of uh, researching. So uh, what I did is I started to go around to local real estate offices and interview the managing brokers, the people in charge, partly because I had to figure out how does the business model work. In these conversations, we learned a lot about how it's typically done in real estate. I also interviewed a ton of realtors, a ton of mortgage lenders, and these were very true things that became very obvious. The average first-year realtor in America is 55 years old, fifth career. Most have no prior sales experience. The average realtor in America last year earned $50,000. One of the interviews of managing broker of a Coldwell Banker office had 45 agents in his office and he was, I was like, wow, that's amazing, 45. And he was like, looks over his shoulder, half of them are going to sell zero this year, and which led to all kinds of other questions like, well, do you do any training? Which must have sounded like a real jerky thing to ask. And he was like, oh, yeah, we do training. And guess who shows up? All the people who don't sell anything. And I'm like, why wouldn't you want the experienced people, like the really the ones that are killing it? He's like, there's like 10 people who do all the sales in our office. And they don't come to any of the training because they view everyone else here as competition. So they don't wanna share their best ideas because they feel like it'll damage their own business. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this sucks. 86% of people who get a real estate, real estate license will be out of the business within 18 months. So I will just say this, why are people leaving? It's obvious. Imagine yourself working in a place where the people who are doing well don't want to share their best stuff with you. People are coming in in droves and they're exiting so fast that you don't even want to learn their names. And I'm thinking as a managing broker, if that's a role I have to play for this thing to work, I don't want to do that. Just sign them up and sign them up and sign them up. So why do people stay in any given position? with any company. It's our culture that causes people to want to stay and build a career for 30, 40 years. Now, culture is kind of a vague term. When, when I think of culture, um, I think of it as a combination of healthy relationships and mutual success. If I can invest in someone else and help them achieve what they are shooting for, if I can help someone learn how to kill it, and I was their mentor, right? And I played that active role participating in their future success, why would they ever wanna leave me? 
Because at that point, there's a mutual respect and a friendship, a relationship that's healthy. That's huge towards why you would want to stick around anywhere. Mutual success, helping people understand that we want you to be very, very, very successful because that actually is how we become successful. And in some ways you might go, why would people care if their employer is successful? Well, think about it in the inverse and it becomes obvious. If you're a part of an office where you sell a lot, but you feel like you're on a sinking ship, you'd be pretty quick to just go, I can get a better deal over here. I'll just go get a better deal. The real estate world is constantly recruiting and poaching your people away from you. I know my people are constantly getting recruiting calls. Working at Southwestern Real Estate is like a house party. The back door is always open. So you have to keep that front door open for those new people to come in because somebody can always leave whenever they want. This is not a closed door thing. So when I talk about culture, you have an opportunity to influence the culture of whatever you're building. So really lean into how can I make sure that our objectives and the objectives of our salespeople are in line with each other. So it's not the company and the salespeople, right? Like we're on the same side of the table always. And how we set up our company, how we execute our duties is always we're sitting next to each other, moving in the same direction. When you start a company from scratch, you get a chance to ask yourself these questions at the very beginning and then apply it and move forward. So the next thing I want to talk about is when we decided to, okay, here's what we're going to make and here's how it's going to look here versus all these different people I was interviewing. First thing is we're going to redefine what normal is in real estate. When people are in our five-step interview process, uh, why do we have a five-step interview process? Because I learned that hiring people very quickly uh, isn't fair for them. And it wasn't good for me to learn those prospects. Um, so we slow that way down now. And in that five-step interview process, we define what a successful career in selling real estate looks like at Southwestern Real Estate. It gives us a chance to implant for them what it is. Um, second key would be leading by example. And then the third would be establish that we have shared values redefining normal. We decided what we wanted in our company and what we didn't. First thing that we decided is if I'm going to do this as my next career, I want to be surrounded by people who are really, really good at this because those people are super fun to explore and learn from and we can share and, and I can get inspiration from them and hopefully I can provide that back. You can't have that if you have part-time people. Um, and I think that that's the, the mistake that a lot of brokerages make is they go, well, we'll just take everybody. We'll take them all. And whatever they do, especially low producers in most models, um, have to share a large portion of those commissions with the brokerage. So low producing agents actually have a high contribution rate for the few deals they do. So you can see why they would want them, Right. Um, some of the brokers I talked to were like, hey, having these people who do five deals a year, three deals a year, they're highly profitable. You want those in the mix. And I'm thinking, no, I don't. I don't because there's a cultural cost for that being a normal thing to do. So we want full timers. Everyone who comes with us 
eventually is going to build a great business. Our agents are committed to growing every year. And I would also say it's important to note that means growing their business and growing as people. So we want to put a lot of intentionality around what are you doing this year that's different from last year to grow you. So it might be I'm getting a new coach in this area or I'm going to get an exercise coach, right? So everybody has to do that if you're going to be here. Um, keep in mind, average realtor in America, 50000 a year. We talk about it here as we're eventually going to know how, to, how individual agents can make a million dollars a year without being a workaholic. There's nothing interesting about somebody who works themselves to the bone and makes a million dollars a year. Boring, cliche, it's sad, really. Okay, so let's uh, jump over to uh, leading by example. Try to make this thing as flat as you can. There's problems in other companies where people eventually were like, man, I can't wait till I can be a manager and stop selling. Let's keep this as flat as we possibly can, where it's a place where everybody sells and that's what you do, but everybody's here to sell real estate. Leaders worth following are constantly growing, and that's why they're worth following. If you are learning and growing as an individual, and you have more things that you can share with the people you're leading, the more they're constantly surprised and uh, educated from their time hanging around with you. It never grows stale if you're not growing stale. So you can't just go, I'm just this guy, and I've got tons of years of experience. It's I'm going to keep learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. Whatever you think you've learned from me so far, there's a whole bunch more that's there to be tapped. So leading by example in that way is pretty huge. Establish shared values. Okay, so we all have our statement of purpose. For all of us, we understand those are codified shared values. So what we did with Southwestern Real Estate, once I kind of got the hang of how to do it, then I thought, what would be the healthiest parts of what I've learned so far that if we codify those as like, these are the things that we all say to each other, Southwestern real estate agents are not my competition. We are coworkers and we support each other and cheer for each other. Their success lends to my success. If I want more business, I grow my network. There's never a question of where the business comes from. If you're growing your network, you will get more business. My network is only my network if they want to be. If they choose a different realtor at a different place because they did a good job of building a relationship with them, they, they earned the business. And I can't be mad about it. Our people love to say this. Um, I am an emotional giant and I can be strong even when no one else is. Realtors, again, if they didn't come from a good sales background, they might not know a lot about how to avoid conflict. In fact, they might just do what comes naturally, which is to engage in conflict. And it's not helpful. So if they can't do it because they were never properly trained or groomed, I still can. So again, the responsibility comes back to our people to be the emotional giants. And the last one is I work from a mindset of abundance. No one deal makes or breaks my year. I work hard all year and there's always enough. And that is something I had to learn to say to myself because you will have a deal blow up and just 
you'll think you'll be so mad at all the other people who contributed to it. It's just infuriating. Um, so I had to learn to say, I just do this all year long. There's always enough. And there has always been enough. Southwestern uh, real estate interests align with our agents' interests. I'll, I'll just give you a good example here. And this one was counterintuitive for me. And so that's why I really, I was like, whoa, thinking this way actually helped me figure out something that is kind of brilliant. When we looked at the market for how do you pay realtors, there's all kinds of different models. And I thought, well, we're just going to have to undercut the market. You know, what's the best deal? Let's undercut it. And we'll do that. And we came up with a pay plan where it's like, once agents pay in a certain amount of money, they're capped. The rest of the year is 100%. And I was like, this is going to be irresistible to agents. So they're going to come in droves. And again, this is before I realized I don't want them all. What we ended up doing is we, we did it for a little bit. And we were like, this is a bad plan. One, it wasn't profitable. And two, it wasn't aligned with their goals. In that model, you only want your people to sell real estate till they hit their cap. Because once they're beyond that, it's just liability. And I had a managing broker tell me that. And I'm thinking, how is this a win-win, right? So we ended up going back to, we never cap. We always win together. Because now agent, you know that I want you to make a million dollars a year because that's actually good for us. And I'm committed to helping you get there if that's what you want and if that's cool with you then let's go do that together. And once they understand that these two things go together, it makes more sense for them to never cap out, okay? We are, our interests are aligned. We're moving in the same direction. How people exit also reflects our values. When I talked about that mindset of abundance, sometimes when we have people leave um, who we're close with, it hurts emotionally. It also hurts our business. It reflects our values. If we think of a mindset of abundance, um, we can treat people well when they do something, even if it's not in our interest necessarily. Thanks guys. <laughs>